Okay. Yeah. It's the Fresh Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. GQ. Back to give y'all some more of this freshness. And then today, man, this is going to be more of a, like a more serious, like real type of episode. I got my homeboy on here. I, I mentioned him before a couple times on the podcast. We got my homeboy, Roman, man. He's he's a, a Ukraine citizen. He's over in Ukraine right now. You know, he's going to tell us about all the fucked up shit that's going on. So first off, man, welcome, bro. How you been? Thank you. Thank you. It's nice to be here. Uh, it's been it's been rough, but I guess I could say I'm relatively fine. Good, <laughs> Thank good. you. So, man, so before before we get into all this, I met Roman back in like 2016. I was going to Ukraine. There was some shit that I needed help with. And Roman was the man to help me. You know, shit, we, we spent like all fucking day together, man. That, that was an adventure. <laughs> Yeah, it sure was. It yeah, sure man, was. that was that was back in the day when my life was really fucked up. You know, you had a lot of bullshit going on, and l- life is much better now. <laughs> yeah, that's good to hear. That's good to hear. That was that was quite an experience. <laughs> Seems like a lifetime ago. <laughs> yeah, man, I don't ever want to go through no no shit like that ever again. I, I mentioned you before on here a couple times. And I told the story about we was in that one little town that was like three hours outside of Kiev. And we were at that little like market or whatever the fuck that little place was and shit, a little store. And we was like sitting on them steps. And this lady was just looking at me and smiling. And I was like, yo, what's up, baby? And then she like tripped walking up the steps. And you looked and was like, what the fuck? I was like, shit, I don't know. And then at that same little place we was at, that one little boy, he just kept looking at me and smiling and shit. I was like, what the fuck? And then he left, and then he came back with two little girls, and they all just looking at me smiling. And I was like, yo, what the fuck are they, what the fuck are they looking at? And you was like, yo, you probably the first black person they ever seen before. I was <laughs> like, damn, that's what's up, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they were not used to something like this. Yeah, man, and, and that little town, shit. No telling when the last time somebody black had been in that town, like a black American, maybe an African that strolled through. But yeah, man. But everybody over was so nice. Like I didn't have no issues over it. The people was cool, so I liked it. And like when like my friends would ask me about Ukraine, I would tell them about how we was at the gas station, and I put like thirty dollars in the gas tank, and you was like, "That's so much money." And I was like, shit, in America, no, it ain't. That's, that ain't shit for real. <laughs> and like my, my people was like, what? Gas is like cheap. He, he, he was like tripping over $30. I was like, yeah, man. He told me that was a lot of money. And then like we went to McDonald's and we both got like meals and shit. And that shit was like $7 like US. And I'm like, man, in America, for that price, you can only get one meal. And over you got two. Like I like the fact that Ukraine was like so cheap. Like I wasn't expecting that. And the people was just cool. And then something I never told you after I dropped you off. I told you I was going to the strip club. Man, you should have went to the strip club with me, man. Like, like, bro. So I don't even remember what time it was when me and you had like went our separate ways. I know it was like in the evening or whatever. But when I left that strip club, bro, it was like morning time. 
I was like, oh shit. Yeah, man. I was in there chilling with the strippers and shit. We was eating fucking uh weed chocolate, man. All of us was high and shit. And then I went to I went to McDonald's because I was hungry. And I pulled out to McDonald's and I was I was high. And I just I was just like, yo, let me get like a number four. And the person started speaking Ukrainian back. And then I'm like, yo, let me get a number four. And then I was like, oh <laughs> shit, they don't know what I'm talking about. So, <laughs> so I just I just drove back to the hotel and I'm like high off this weed candy and I'm driving on the wrong side of the road. I'm like, oh shit, I could have had a head-on collision, but I made it safely. And yeah, man. That, oh, man. that was a fun ass night, man. And actually, man, one of the chicks that I met in the club, we've been talking and she said she wanted to, to do the show and talk about what was going on because she lived in Kiev. And then she told me we was texting the other day and she was like, I'm at the border. I'm at the Polish border. And then she told me she made it mm-hmm. to Poland. And then she said she was going to Greece. And I hit her up yesterday. I was like, yo, you still want to uh, you want to do the shit. So I guess you hit me back because I know she was telling me like there was some places she ain't had Wi-Fi. Oh, well, yeah, it would be nice to have her on there, too. Yeah, yeah. To hear her, her side. So, so uh, but yeah, it was a, it huh? was a crazy night. Yeah, man. <laughs> uh, so, so tell uh, yeah, the people. I remember, huh? Yeah, I was just going to say, I remember feeling so tired, <laughs> so drained yeah. after our day out. Yeah, I man. Like, uh, it, it may have been fun going uh, to the strip club with you, but I was like, I'm just. I've had enough for the day. Yo, bro, like I was, I was so tired and drained too, and all that shit. And I was like, I just need to go in there and relax. And like, man, being in there for all them hours, bro, I forgot all that bullshit that was going on. And yeah, like I, I needed that motherfucking night. Your ass should have came too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, man, tell the people where in Ukraine uh, were you living at right now. Well, I, like, like, you like nor like normally, like, where do you live at in Ukraine? Oh, okay, yeah. Well, um, well, for the past eight years or so, I've been living in Kiev. Uh, that's the capital, uh, which is pretty much in the center, I guess, the northern uh, center of Ukraine. Uh, so yeah, and uh, originally I come from eastern Ukraine, um, Kramatorsk for anyone who cares to Google or <laughs> knows who, where that is, okay. uh, which is, um, which is a region that used to be, uh, um, I guess, uh, en- enveloped in the war uh, back in 2014. Um, so just to give a bit of pretext. Uh, in 2013, um, a lot of people uh, rose up to the government that was at the time, and basically they've overthrown that government. And uh, as a, and this government that they overthrew, um, it was a pro-Russian government. Um, basically, it was kind of a, a Putin's puppet, essentially. Uh, and the people of Ukraine, uh, with the cost of their own lives and health and well-being, they uh, defended the right to choose the direction their country is heading. And uh, there was a lot of protests, uh, a lot of um, violence, um, a lot of violence, a lot of uh, deaths, too, of uh, peaceful people, of people that just wanted to um, have their voice heard. And after that, once we overthrew the government, basically Putin got mad and he initiated a, 
I, I guess, a separatist movement in the East, um, which was backed by the Russian government. Uh, and in 2014, uh, two of uh, Ukraine's regions, eastern regions, uh, which is uh, Donetsk and Luhansk, um, they were um, basically overtaken by these pro-Russian, Russian-backed gov- uh, separatists. And uh, there was uh, there was war in these regions, um, and part of the regions that we took back, Ukraine took back. But ever since 2014, uh, a huge chunk of these regions is still uh, taken by the separatists. And back in 2014, in the summer of, uh, I was there, I was there with my parents in Kramatorsk in my hometown, um, kind of experiencing the war firsthand as airstrikes were flying in, as, um, yeah, I heard all the gunfire, heard all the shelling, we ran to the basement, bunch of times and we were there when Ukraine took back the city and the neighboring cities. Damn. So this ain't your first go uh, around with war. Yeah. Yeah. It's not my first run. You know, like my my fucking ex and shit was born over and I remember she was telling me about like when all that shit, she was over when it was like the USSR and shit and she was talking about how like the war and shit was going on and then like they fucking fled to like Israel and shit yeah yeah I mean there's a huge history of Russia being assholes and trying to claim what's not theirs Uh, and they have a whole like propaganda about the Russian world which is basically like, um, they want to claim as much land as possible and they want to tie, like, every neighboring nation into their fold uh, on the pretext of common history, common language, and um, just to get more, um, I guess, profit out of these lands. Right. Uh, but uh, it has nothing to do with reality. In fact, Ukraine has a much longer history um, than Russia ever had, and we are quite different from them. Um, and the world is coming to realize that as well, which is great. On here, we have something um, called bury him in the grave, where somebody's being a little punk ass motherfucker, a little fuck boy and shit. So what we're going to do is we're going to bury Russia for just being little punk-ass motherfuckers and always trying to take some shit and fucking with people, and we're going to bury Putin because we don't like that shit. So we're going to bury fucking Russia, and we're going to bury Putin motherfucking ass. <laughs> you just got buried, you little punk-ass bitch. <laughs> yeah, man, fuck them and shit. So, oh man, I- huh? Yeah, I was just going to say, I can't wait to hear the news about Putin's death. death uh, I've been hearing that he was hiding out in a bunker for the past few weeks because he's so paranoid. And then, um, and then so I heard recently, like, it leaked that someone was saying that he has, like, a medical issue. They're saying he has Parkinson's disease. Have you heard that? No, I didn't hear that. Yeah, man, they've been talking, like, uh, there's uh, some radio shows that I listen to out here. 
And yeah, they were. I just heard it earlier this week. It was like, yeah, you know, they saying that Putin is, is sick, so he's trying to, you know, do all this shit, you know, before he dies. But yeah, they saying he has Parkinson's disease. It hasn't came out, but like that's the rumor that's going on. Mm-hmm. Well, whatever he has, it's uh, it's crazy because no sane person would ever go to these lengths to to do what he did and what what he does every day because. Not even the the Nazis, not even them were that ruthless towards the, the peaceful people, you know, like just regular people, children. Like just the other day, um, Russia bombed an entire maternity hospital. That's what was, I heard. Was yeah, yeah, it's insane, and they keep coming up with these lies, saying that actually it was the military that was in these buildings, but they keep saying that same thing but we keep seeing like actual deaths and injuries of of children of mothers of just everyone and it's it's heartbreaking did y'all it's, see uh, it, did y'all like did anyone like know these texts were were coming up was there like any like people talking about it like man they're gonna try to invade this or it just happened out of nowhere uh well uh there have been tensions growing uh, since, I guess, December. Okay. Um, you could see that something was going to happen um, because, like, especially in February, uh, there was a lot of, like, um, so we had pretty much with these pro-Russian, Russian-backed separatists back in eastern Ukraine, we had a deal of, like, a no... Um, what should, what should I call it? What's it called? Uh, basically, a no-fire agreement. So okay. the the separatists are not shooting at us, and we're not shooting at them. And uh, in days leading up to the actual war, there was a lot of uh, uh, instances of the separatists breaking the silence, the, this agreement. And... Uh, after, like, um, again, in the days leading up to the war, uh, Putin came up with an announcement um, that he would uh, uh, deem, um, actually, uh, what's it called? Well, well he would um, recognize uh, the states, the self-pronounced uh, states of DNR and LNR, which is uh, Donetsk National Republic and Lugansk National Republic. Um, these are the regions that were ta- taken by separatists. He w- he would recognize them as legitimate, um, and that was the moment when I stopped speaking Russian because I was watching this announcement as a live as it was happening, and uh, you should have heard the the anger, the 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 bile that was spewing out of Putin's mouth. It was absolutely disgusting. And I could not, like, he was just talking trash and absolutely horrible things about my country, the country that I I was born and grew up in, and that has a legitimate history. Um, and he was just coming up with all these lies. Like, it was horrible hearing that. And... As the announcement was over, he basically announced that he would recognize these so-called states as legitimate. Um, and after that, I was just 
uh, said, I said to myself, I'm not speaking Russian ever again. Uh, I'm switching to Ukrainian full time. <laughs> because um, I know a language is just a language in theory, but in practice, in these conditions, this language, the Russian language, that a lot of Ukrainians still speak, unfortunately, but there's been a, a, a huge movement of switching to Ukrainian. Uh, this language uh, is a weapon, really. It's right now. It's a weapon of Russia uh, that uh, Russia uses to invade Ukraine. So, uh, yeah, I heard that announcement, um, and the next day, uh, Russia started uh, pulling in um, their troops into these self-proclaimed states. Um, and then Russia came up with another announcement that they would recognize these two states in the borders of uh, how it was written in these states' constitutions, uh, which is the entire Donetsk and Luhansk region, which is not the state of uh, affairs at that point. Basically, we've taken back some of these regions, and it's not the, they, they don't control the, the whole regions. Which basically meant that they would use their firepower and they would assist these separatists in taking back these uh, regions, like the, the rest of these regions. So at that point, it was clear um, a war is coming. Um, at that time, I was at my parents in Traumatorsk, um, but I decided to go back to Kiev early to find an apartment because I moved out of the previous one uh, to find an apartment so that they can move back with me, move in with me if a war starts uh, because I thought that if a war is going to happen it was going to happen in these eastern regions uh, so I jumped on the train and literally I arrived at about midnight and at like 3.30 a.m. Um, there were airstrikes all over the country. Damn. And so, like, yeah, when they started so, the airstrikes, like, the alarms and all that shit started going off? Uh, I don't remember, to be honest, because I, I moved in with my, um, uh, I guess, roommates uh -huh. that I used to rent the, the apartment with. And uh, this girl, Lena, she woke me up. She said that, the war has started wake up we have to like do something and she was just shaking Damn. and uh, when i came to i didn't believe it at first so i checked my phone and then i saw uh, like my friends texting me the same thing that they heard explosions uh, like all over town because they live in different parts different parts of the town and as i came to the realization that it actual happening I started like violently shaking myself like uh, it was shock it was just pure shock so I've been seeing like a lot uh, of people have been fleeing so like what is life like over there because you know there's a war going on and a lot of people are leaving so like how are y'all able to like eat like are like the stores still open are people still like running their businesses or like like, yeah, like, tell us, man, because I was thinking about that. I'm like, everybody's leaving. Like, what's up with the stores? How are people, like, managing, like, able to live and stuff like that? Yeah, for sure. Well, it's it's different depending on, um, I guess, the city and the region. 
because um, right now in some of the cities, there's like a literal humanitarian crisis. Like in Mariupol, which is a port city uh, in the south of Ukraine, um, there's like these Russian assholes, uh, like these monsters are bombing everything. Like, like, uh, just houses, buildings where people live, like everything. They're not even aiming. They're just like spray fire firing, like and shelling every, like everything in the city. Yeah. Like if you look at some of the pictures, it's it's insane. There's like everything has been torn down to shreds. There's just I guess husks of buildings just standing there reminding of of something that used to be and uh, these uh, these russian bastards are not letting the humanitarian convoys in so uh, m- most of the city uh is caught like i think all of the city i think at this point is c- cut off from uh any i guess a chain of su- su- like supply chain so they're not getting any water in, they're not getting in any food and uh, any medicine. So they, they're getting nothing. And the humanitarian convoys cannot get through because uh, these monsters are not letting them through. They're just stopping them and they're saying, no, you can't go through. And that's, the, that's probably the best outcome because other times Russians just shoot at humanitarian convoys. They shoot at people trying to evacuate. Um, so in some cities, I think it's two cities at this point. It's Kharkiv, which is in eastern Ukraine, and it's um, Mariupol uh, in southern Ukraine. This the situation is the worst. Uh, but there's a lot of small towns as well as villages that are temporarily temporarily occupied by uh, Russian troops. Um, it's bad there, but have, volunteers are doing everything. Have they hit Kiev? Yeah. Well, they've been trying to. They've been trying to, um, but I think uh, I think the world the world is coming to a realization that the Russian army is actually ass. That they cannot do jack shit. Uh, just just to give you some perspective, uh, their generals told Putin that they would capture the entirety of Ukraine. I think it was in three days, three or four days. And we have stalled them like on day one. And they have gained so little in these almost three weeks, two and a half weeks. Um, so they've been trying to get Kiev, but they realized that it's a very difficult task. Uh, there are some troops on the outskirts in Kiev and in the, in the in neighboring towns to the north of Kiev. Um, but uh, the Ukrainian army is standing strong. We have repelled like almost every attack that they had, and we've even um, uh, started counterattacking on some fronts. How big um, is your army? Oh man, I would not be able to say right now. Honestly, I think it's uh, like compared to Russia, I think it's three times less. So we have oh shit, like yeah. So it's, it's like a third of the Russian army, if not less. 
Um, but because I saw like yeah. they were giving like just anybody like guns. It was like shit. Go ahead, go fight. I was like, damn, like they ain't got no kind of training. I guess you just got to point and just start killing motherfuckers. <laughs> Uh, that's true. That's true. We have this. <laughs> um, we have these. I guess regiments. Is what Shit. You call, like a separate. Go. Hey, called, hey, uh, get you a gun and start shooting them motherfuckers up, man. Protect your country. <laughs> Shit, kill them bastards. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's crazy, but it's true because there are so many volunteers that want to defend their own, defend their country, their rights to freedom. Um, that they just go on and enlist like voluntarily uh, into these into the army, the regular army, and we also have this thing called territorial defense, um, which is like um, it's not an army; it's basically local. So in your town, you can go there and enlist and say, "Hey, I wanna I wanna help protect the country," and they put you like at a block close or something, and they give, they give you weapons so, like armor and things like that but uh, mostly like uh, as far as i know in like every town uh like big or small there's uh, like there uh, these um like both the army and the territorial defense uh they have like like they're fully stocked so that they can't uh, uh enlist any more people because they have no more space okay so there's a lot of people willing, like willing to defend their country and put their life at stake. And there, there's so many heroes. There are so many heroes. Like they're just putting everything at risk uh, to do something, to do something good, to save someone, or protect their country. And I, I could not like there. There's so many news reports of people just basically given their lives for the future of Ukraine, for the future of Ukrainians, for the future of children that are literally being born in bomb shelters as this is happening. Um, so it's, it's insane. I, I, even I, someone who is living in, in this, cannot wrap my head around this. It's just, it's so huge. And it's so... Uh, I don't know. It's so big. Like you cannot understand like the, the entire scale of what's happening. Right. So you end up leaving Kiev. What made you want to flee the city? Uh, well, it was, I guess, uh, fear was the number one factor. You said fear. Um, yeah. Okay. Fear because, um, like I said, in back in 2014, I pretty much went through a similar experience with like shelling and stuff, and hearing the gunfire and stuff, and went into the basement. But I was at home uh, where I was born, and it kind of felt like uh, the last place and the safest place I could be. You know, just uh, psychologically. Um, but uh, when I was in Kiev, it was at my friend's place. Well, actually, I used to live there. We used to live there together. But basically, day one, we were all still there. And uh, on day two, uh, basically, uh, my friends wanted to leave. 
they wanted to leave the city. Um, and I knew that if I stayed in that apartment by myself, I would just go mad. I would just go crazy. I'd lose my mind. Um, because it's uh, relatively easy um, going through this experience with someone else, you know, just someone who you can confide in, confide in, someone who you can, uh, I don't know, talk to. Um, but just sitting in an empty apartment by yourself, hearing all the air raid alarms, hearing all the shelling, uh, I think I would just go crazy. So I was on the fence about leaving or not, but I decided to go because I knew one thing for sure, I was never going to be able to make it by myself, you know, just living in that apartment by myself. That's something I was going to ask. What was your mental health like? You know, going through this, and then like this is the second time you went through a war like this. But I, is the, the what's going on now? Is that one more extreme than what happened in two thousand fourteen? Uh, is that more what? I didn't so so the war that the war and the experience that's going on right now was that one more extreme than what you oh. went through in two thousand fourteen? Uh. Yeah, I'd say so. I would say so because um, I guess in 2014, um, Ukraine kind of um, messed up, to be honest, because they didn't they didn't react to these separatists as fast as they should have or could have. So they kind of just nudged the Ukrainian lo- the local Ukrainian government and just sat in their place. It was kind of a bloodless uh, takeover. Um, So, of course, it was extreme when there were, like, uh, there was shelling going around, but it was kind of localized, you know, in just these two regions. You kind of knew what was happening, um, and you knew it was just going to end one way or the other because you knew, well, at least, it was my understanding that Russia was never going to like publicly um, go into that separatist war, like announce themselves. Okay. We're going to like move in with their tanks uh, or, or their actual Russian troops and actually help these separatists take over. They did that, but it was kind of, Sneaky, sneaky enough for the world government, not the, the world, to um, not pay too much attention to to what was happening. Um, but I guess it was just localized to these two regions, and uh, like for the most part, you knew what was happening. Of course, there was a lot of uh, destruction. There was a lot of uh, casualties. A lot of people, like just citizens dead as well and it was insane uh that was probably the first time that i've and probably the only time at this point that i felt this primal fear and anger uh just violent anger towards these bastards uh, that were shelling my city shelling my country and trying to do something that's that's not like that shouldn't happen, you know. Um, maybe that's just my perspective speaking right now, of course. 
probably I was just as confused as I am right now. Right. But it feels like um, um, it feel it doesn't feel as um, I guess intense as it is right now because right now things are happening all over Ukraine. You see like so many people dying, so many casualties, so much. Uh, like so many disasters are taking place every second. Uh, and it's very difficult because you have like friends, relatives, uh, acquaintances all over Ukraine and everybody or their friends is suffering, you know? So it's very difficult to just come to this realization and uh, another thing is that uh, Russia is attacking openly and directly. So kind of anything goes now in terms of what they can throw at us, even though we're seeing right now that Russia actually is quite terrible at, uh, at, at competent warfare. Um, but they're still causing a lot of destructions because they're desperate. They are attacking civilians now. Um, killing them, uh, but they're still they're still not competent at warfare. Right. Um, but yeah, it is definitely more stressful because you don't you can't know where it's safe. You know, anywhere you go, you hear air, air raid alarms at least once a day, and you hear reports of people dying. Um, something is happening everywhere, you know, at any given moment. So it's very, it's very difficult. Even for the people that are abroad, um, it's it's weighing down on every single Ukrainian, um, wherever they may be. So, I, so instead of going to the area of Ukraine that you went to, why didn't you flee? But then I also heard that they're not letting like men from like 18 to like 55 they're not allowed to leave the country because they want you to fight is that true uh, yes well actually it's until 60 years old but oh, yeah so 11 to 60 you you cannot leave the country hold on you, you said you said, you, have... you said 11 to 60 no, 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 18, I'm sorry. Oh, I was uh, like, I damn, 18? they put the little kids out there to fight? That's fucked up. <laughs> did I say 11? I'm sorry. Yeah, I meant 18. Okay, I was like, damn, they killing the babies. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the Russians that do that. Uh, it's 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 tragic. It's, it's I, I cannot, like, I don't think there's anyone, maybe someone who can actually put into words just how tragic Everything is, um, but yeah, it's eighteen to sixty, and it's true. If you're a man uh, of this age and you have no like very specific health conditions that are preventing you from enlisting in the in military service, um, or there there are some cases uh, if you're a father of many children, and there are some other things but basically yeah if you're uh, a man from 18 to 60 years old you can't leave the country um which is i mean i get it i get it of course um like ideally it should be everyone's choice whether to fight or not but we do not know how things are going to turn out 
right now we pretty much have the upper hand in this war. And you can see that by um, how the narrative is shifting um, during the negotiations. Russia is being less, um, I guess, demanding, um, less authoritative, and they're willing to compromise more because they're realizing what they're up against, that they're not winning and they're probably not going to win, and that they're losing this war and they're losing their country, really, because of the sanctions imposed. They're bleeding money right now. Um, so what was I going to say? But still, um, it's not, you can't know for certain what's going to happen. And when we might need every single able-bodied men to defend their country. Mm-hmm. And if that's what it comes to, um, I guess I would be willing to do it, even though I don't consider myself a fighting man by any means. But um, and of course, I'm I'm frightened of the thought of actually being in combat. But if if the push comes to shove, and we have to like go in, like everyone has to go in fighting, um, I guess that's that's what it takes to to defend the country because. Um, if we don't do it, the history will repeat itself because we have a long history of being oppressed by Russia. Um, and I think this is the best chance that we've ever had to actually stand our ground and kick their fucking ass into oblivion. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man, so, this shit... It's crazy, man. Putin on that bullshit, and it's it's just wild. Like I just feel bad, you know, for the people. Like I saw where they were like sending missiles, like blowing up buildings and like the airport. I'm like, man, innocent folk is getting fucked up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, they're terrorists now. They're not just, you know, it's not a military operation. It's not even war. It's terrorism. It's actually like state led terrorism because they're terrorizing people they're killing innocent civilians and they're doing everything in their power to just sabotage everything you know it's not warfare it's it's literal terrorism yeah and then something else i saw that i was like damn like that's fucked up where like a lot of africans was getting like rejected they wasn't like letting them leave across the borders did you see that uh, well, uh, I th- most of it, I believe, is uh, perpetuated by Russian propaganda. They, basically, they want to like hold on to every every like anything they can to twist it into their favor. Right. So, well, from what I've seen personally, is that like people are treated like people, like we're all in this together, like no matter the color of their skin, you know, or their religion or their nationality. Well, even even the Russian people are treated fine here. You know, the, the ones that are actually living in Ukraine. Um, so, uh, when it comes to like minorities, say like black people, um, it's uh, everyone is doing everything they can to help everyone out. Really, whoever needs help. Uh, as to the borders, I mean, the situation is crazy there because I have I have a friend, well, actually a couple of friends, they're trying to cross the Polish border. And it's just 
it's insane there. It's like a stampede. Well, well actually, there used to be one during the first few days of war. Um, so I think it was just, I guess, mass hysteria or something like that because people, I mean, were literally fleeing from war. So I, I think some unfortunate things might have happened. But generally, um, everyone, like, especially in the Western Ukraine, where everyone is uh, fleeing, like every year, like civilians fleeing, um, everyone is incredibly nice and supportive and uh, like losing sleep just to help as many people as they can. Uh, like I said, no matter the color of their skin or where they come from, um, everyone is in the same boat and we're fighting the same enemy and there is no um i guess no quarrel in in inside our country because we have an actual threat that we have to be up against so that's that's my take and uh, i actually when i was in one of the cities in the west I, i was approached by two to black men that were looking for an apartment and had a good, good conversation and uh, they were staying they were, they were with a, a pregnant woman and I was trying to help them out um, and I mean they were of course distressed like everyone else but um, I didn't like from uh, what I've uh, I guess taken away from that is that they're um, like not being oppressed you know they're being trying to get uh, again as as much help as anyone could in in that situation. So, so uh, that's my take on it. So, in Kiev, are like the schools open and like different businesses, or is like everything like shut down? Right, right. It's because I never really answered that question fully. Um, well, um, the the more you get to the west, uh, the more things are like coming back to quote-unquote normal as much as you could call it um, because um, the country is coming to realization that we need to kind of kickstart our business again uh, to, you know, to not collapse as a, as a country financially and economically. So whatever it's possible, uh, schools are starting to reopen, businesses are starting to reopen and the the country is urging people like middle business and like large businesses to reopen and to you know start making profit so that we can kind of uh, I guess hinder the economic losses that we are facing right now. Um, so pretty much where it's possible, you um, you have businesses opening, you have schools opening, you have um, produce coming in, you have shops opened, and sh- the shops are opening even in like the hottest like spots uh, of war, I guess right now, like where it's possible, people are literally putting their lives at risk, like regular cashiers, uh, just going to work every day uh, to, I guess, to help out the, their fellow uh, citizens uh, to uh, so that they can have access to water and other basic needs. So where it's possible, things are coming back to, I guess, quote-unquote normal. 
Man, shit's wild, man. Yeah, I just hope, man, that Russia quit all that bullshit. Y'all can go back to living like a normal life. So, man, can you tell us, so, like, what is life like for you, like, you know, right now? Like, like, what, like, what do you do, like, during the day to pass the time? Because, you know, I don't like. So you're not working right now because you fled. So, like, yeah, just like let, like, let us know, like, like, what are you and your people's doing? Yeah, well, actually, I do work because um, I I have worked remotely for the past oh, okay, year okay. and a half. Yeah, so uh, not much has changed for me in that sense. Uh, as long as I have a laptop with me and a semi decent internet connection, I can work. Um, so that hasn't changed. What has changed is <laughs> the chaotic nature of everything around me you know because we it took us three days to uh, to move from kiev to a um a village in western ukraine where we finally found like a place to sleep and live um so that was crazy that was a crazy three-day ride um then we were there for 10 days uh, and recently uh, my friends and i moved to a city um, not far from there, and that's where we're staying right now. In terms of day to day, like I said, I work uh, at my company still uh, as a business analyst in IT. And um, I guess when I'm not working, I'm trying to help out as much as I can um, in terms of like volunteering work. Because right now, there's a lot of things you can do online on the informational front. Um, like I'm, I'm spreading awareness about what's happening in Ukraine, how people can donate, uh, like what's happening, and trying to make as many people as possible aware of just the, the scale of destruction that Russia is causing right now. Um, so that's that, and really, uh, most of the time, it's uh, either work. Um, this volunteering or uh, reading the news, <laughs> you know, and stressing out about everything that's happening in the country. Um, so yeah, and I also do some translations of official uh, announcements um, for um, the um, the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. So trying to help out help out as much as I can. Um, and since we're in the city, I, I was considering doing like some physical volunteering work. Okay. Uh, but since we just arrived, I haven't looked into it yet. Uh, but that's kind of it. How far away from Kiev are you now? Um, let me tell you. Uh, well, I think it's like 400 kilometers, maybe. Okay. So not too far, uh, but it is relatively quiet here, like I said. Yeah, it's 600 kilometers, so that's probably like 500 miles, maybe 450. All right, not, not too uh, bad. It's an, yeah, it's like an eight-hour drive. Damn. Um, but yeah, um, that's, that's kind of that's it. 
It's crazy, man. Hopefully soon they can end this shit. We'll see. Hopefully Putin get his shit together. Or y'all just fuck their army up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure we, we've got this. I'm sure we win. I think it's just a matter of sacrifice of how long we'll have to endure this war and just how many people will have to literally lay down their lives for our future. And for everyone's sake, I really hope that it's going to end sooner and we will win as soon as possible. Hell yeah, man. Uh, Same here. Because I wanted to come back to Ukraine and shit. And (laughs) this one chick, I, I met this one chick that I fucked in Thailand a couple years ago. She was from out there and she was like, oh yeah, it's kind of bad right now. I was like, what the fuck is going on and shit? But I, I liked it over. I want to go back and check it out again. So hopefully, you know, this shit ends soon. It calms down and maybe like a year or two, man, I'll bring my black ass back over because I enjoyed it. I would like to hit up other other parts, see more Kiev and hit. Y'all, got, y'all ain't got no beaches out there, do y'all? Yeah, we have beaches in the south. Yeah. Oh shit! Well, see, I might need to go hit up some of these little beach towns and and see what's up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a beautiful country. It's really a beautiful country. Like we uh, we were driving the car when we were fleeing, and like I was just looking at the landscapes, and um, I couldn't even enjoy anything. Like another thing, you can't really enjoy anything. <laughs> Because whatever is whatever you're seeing, like from I guess regular life, like beautiful landscapes, you can't even come to enjoy it because if like your country is literally at at war. So there's a lot of beautiful, beautiful, absolutely stunning places in Ukraine, everywhere in the west, in the east, in the north, in the south, in the center. And I really wish that I had got to see all these places under different circumstances, not when I was literally fleeing for my life, right. you know. Uh, but yeah, definitely when this whole thing is over, uh, I urge everyone to come visit Ukraine. It's beautiful up in here. Yeah, because the drive that we took that was way outside the city, I was like, oh man, this is all right. It was like some... I don't remember a whole lot and shit, but I was like, oh, this is cool. So I, I want to like hit up more little towns, and I want to be the first black motherfucker that these little kids see. All <laughs> <laughs> I do is be like, yo, you ain't never going for, you ain't never going to forget the day that you seen a black man and shit. When they get older, they'll be on TV, they'll watch TV and see it. Like, I saw one of those before. And then they tell their friends, they'll be like, no, you didn't. Like, yes, I did. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's cultural exchange. You see something new they do as well. <laughs> yeah, man. And then when I come back to uh, when I come back, we you gotta go to the strip club with me. For sure, man, for sure. This time I'm not gonna say no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, so all right, what time is it over? Uh it's um ten past six PM. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah, it's it's eight eleven here right now, AM. Oh wow, that's early. Yeah, yeah. My sleep been like all fucked up. Then I, I woke up like around five AM and I just been up since. I went I walked the dog, chilled. So yeah. That's why I hit you up so early. I was yeah. like I was I was already up. I was like, shit, man, if you wanna do this shit, we can do it now. Yeah, so I was just out getting groceries. 
Man, that's something um, I, that's, yeah. that's something I got to do later too. I ain't got shit in the house. <laughs> I got some bread and yeah, some actually, cheese. Well, that's good enough. Yeah. yeah, I need some more shit though. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna hit the grocery store up after my hiking a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I actually woke up at like five as well, five a.m. from um, uh, an airstrike. God, <laughs> I heard damn. an explosion. Yeah, they they hit the um, the airport again. Um, but luckily, as far as I know, there are no casualties. But yeah, they've been they've been terrorizing like the entire country out of desperation. The like, area that they can. The area that you in yeah. is their military close by. Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, there are bases like all over Ukraine, obviously, but. Um, I don't know the exact locations, but basically there's nothing really of strategic importance right now for them in these regions. They're just doing it for the sake of it. Like I said, terrorizing people. Okay. Yeah, they're just trying to, you know, uh, I guess uh, infuse fear into every single Ukrainian that's that something is happening even though they're like I said losing their grounds they're losing the upper hand um, they're just trying to make as many people scared as possible but they're doing a bad job because if we are badasses you know Ukrainians are fucking badasses and just looking at news every day you see that and I cannot just tell you how proud I am to be Ukrainian right now because yeah. there are people that are just stopping tanks dead and in their tracks with just their bare hands, you know? That there's just a man that like just walks straight into a, a tank and stops it because they don't give a fuck, you know? They just want to live in a peaceful and free country and, and they don't want any fucking Russian invaders, you know? Wow. And it's so inspiring to see this. Hell yeah, man. And I'll be checking up on you, you know what I'm saying? Like when that shit started going going uh going off like a couple weeks ago, I hit you up like, hey man, is everything straight with you and shit? It's like, cause I was like, man, I know people over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean I was I mean I I guess I'm kind of coming to terms with everything right now. But just the first two weeks were in a fog for me, really. You know, like I couldn't think straight. All I could do was just eat. Uh, like read the news, um, ask close, uh, like close friends, friends and relatives how they are, if they're fine, and just uh, do this this volunteer work online and work. Like it was just in the fog, really. Just like days, just kind of became homogenous, you know, in that sense. Uh, but yeah, I guess kind of people in the West, at least, are trying to kind of go back to normal, but not in the sense that they kind of don't care about the war anymore. It's more in the sense that they need to return things to normal as much as possible to be able to support Ukraine, you know? Right. Like from a, like a, a business, a financial, economical standpoint, because um, it's going to take just a bit more time that we'd hoped. Um, but yeah, we will definitely win this. I understand, man. So, uh, what what you got going on for the rest of the evening? Uh, I don't know. Actually, I guess I'll uh, cook dinner, 
then I will look into if there's anything I can do online in terms of volunteering work. And let me see what time it is. Six o'clock. Yeah, I've been going to sleep earlier because we have a curfew at 10 p.m. So oh, you damn. gotta turn your lights on. Oh, you have to turn your lights off. Yeah, yeah. Damn. So, oh, so, so at 10 p.m. And what time can you leave the crib? I believe it's 7 a.m. If I'm not mistaken. So why do, why do you have to have the lights off for? Um, I believe it's for like light masking. Um, so in case if there's like a, a jet coming by, they may be able to use this uh, light information to coordinate their attacks. Oh. Um, I'm not sure how efficient this is, considering that it's not World War II, uh, where it was more relevant, I suppose. But um, a lot of towns, like pretty much every town does this just in case. Okay, okay. That's crazy, man. I want to thank you for, for coming on here, man, and, and letting us know all the shit that's going on over there. It's like, shit. Shit's wild. You know, I've been watching the coverage. I'm pretty sure the listeners, they have been seeing the coverage and shit, too. And So, yeah, man, thank you for sharing your experience and just keeping us updated, updated and letting us know the truth. Because, you know, on the, on the news and shit, man, they be lying full of shit, just telling motherfuckers whatever. So it's good to hear from somebody who's actually going through it. Yeah, I mean, no problem. Whatever I can do to spread the word and let the people know what's happening, uh, I'll do it, you know. And in case uh, anyone wants to help out Ukraine by donating or just spreading the information, spreading the word or reading uh, the news from the source, you can go to supportukrainenow.org and you'll get everything you need. Like there's a lot of different um Donation uh, funds you can uh, uh, you can uh, spend your money on. I guess uh, there's a lot of news outlets you can read that have verified official information, um, and also uh, there's a lot. There's some information about how you can help being uh, from outside Ukraine. So visit that website. I think it'll it'll do some good if you just. Just see what's up, you know. You want the people to follow you on Instagram or anything? Uh, I mean, sure, if they want to, uh, I'll be happy to have you guys. Uh, tell them uh, where to find. My, tell them where to find your ass. <laughs> well, it's kind of a difficult spelling, so it's uh, Fromangio with double G F R O M A N double G I O. And uh, you'll also see my film account uh, linked there. Uh, hopefully, once the war is over, <laughs> I'll be able to scan the film that I've been shooting. Um, and uh, yeah, there, because there are some kind of war diaries uh, from just being on the road with my friends. And yeah, uh, I also saw actually just before the war, um, I shot a project in my hometown, which was about the war in 2014, but I think it'll be as relevant as ever. So, yeah, uh, yeah I, I would like to see you. Yeah, yeah, 
uh, no problem. And uh, yeah, that film account, like I said, is linked there, uh, and it's called Films Not Bread. So yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, if there's one one link you should go to, it's uh, supportukraine.org. That's the most important thing to me. So yeah. Because uh, we we're fighting strong, but we really need the international community to be part of it, you know, as much as possible. Be it just spreading information, or just donating whatever they can, because every little bit counts. Because um, we need protect protection, and we need some ar- like armor, and we need some weapons, and there are different funds you can um, choose that provide other I mean, humanitarian help. Uh, which is basically like uh, you're not gonna if you're against like uh, supporting like lethal uh, things, then you can don- donate to these humanitarian funds. Uh, so yeah. All right. But yeah, man. We want to thank you, and man, love, freshness, sending y'all fresh vibes, good health, good wealth, all of that, man. You know, I want y'all to stand strong, fight. And you know, fuck them punk ass Russians up. You know what I'm saying? Shit. If if hey man, if if Rocky can beat the shit out of that little Russian in that movie, then y'all can beat the shit out of them too. <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. But hell yeah, but man, I appreciate this, man, and and we'll be in touch. You know, well, we, we be seeing each other on Instagram and shit all the time, anyway. So you know, and shit, we've been in touch since since 2016. So we all good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll be in touch. Uh, thank you, thank you for having me. It's um, makes me feel better that uh, people are going to listen to this and know what's happening in Ukraine. And it's um, yeah, it's. I think it's important. It's important to be engaged in whatever is happening in the world because it's all interconnected. And right now, Russia is being um, like a fucking asshole and if uh, we fall which i don't think it's going to happen but if we fall we'll be the rest of the world next so uh it's best to uh be active right now and stop this threat as early as possible so yeah yeah. thank you for having me it's all good hey fuck putin (laughs) yeah fuck putin (laughs) all right bro man you have a good rest of the night Thank you. Thank you, man. You too. Have a good day. All right, man. Later. Yeah. See you. This podcast has been presented to you by Extraterrestrial Enterprises.